Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT The Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now... Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio today. Bobby's out, Damon is in, and it is halftime as the United States is leading Iran 1-0 on the Christian Pulisic goal that gives the United States a path to get out of this first round here and move on. The United States cannot tie this game. They must win. They must win. I'm happy you're listening to me. I'm happy. Get to a sports bar and listen to me on the app. Put the earbuds in and get the hell to a bar right now. Get to a bar for the second half of this game. You got a long, you know, 15-minute break here. USA won. Iran nil. Okay? It's very simple. The USA men's football team has to win to advance. A tie will not advance them out of the group with England. Iran's going to come out and play hard this second half, desperate. The United States has to stay on the aggressive edge and get another goal. I thought they'd get two or three in this game because either they'd be playing from behind and have to play balls out, or they'd have a lead and they have to extend the lead. They cannot. Alexi Lawless, who joined us yesterday from Qatar, well, what a big interview for us. He said right here at halftime live a few minutes ago, He said, expect Iran to come out and make changes and come out on fire. They will. They will. So the USA national team, this World Cup team, has got to play great this second half. They cannot sit back and play defense. Now, if it's 1-0 with 10 minutes to go, then they can sit back and potentially play defense. But they can't for the first 30 minutes of this second half. They have got to play well. And Pulisic is playing well. So keep going to him, set him up, have an opportunity. And Iran, who plays really good defense, is going to have to come out of their defensive strategy now and get aggressive. This is going to be amazing television. It really is. Again, thanks for listening. But if you want to give me a timeout, and again, we don't want you to, put the earbuds in, go to a bar, or come back to me after this game. This is my whole show tonight on my SiriusXM show. Either winner go forward, loser go home. And we can't lose to Iran. We can't. They're our enemy. We know this. Uh, They're our enemy. We are their enemy. We have to win this game. And there's a lot of pressure on the United States right now. A lot of pressure. Imagine if they were trailing 1-0 going into half here. And they should be up 2-0, but in offsides, which was a very controversial call, offsides by a shoulder. As we open up the show, brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. You know, Golden Entertainment does a lot for me with the Strat, Arizona Charlie, 64 locations here in the Valley. 
a great place to watch the game right now. You know, I, I tell you about PTs every day in the monologue. This is a good time to race to a PTs. Look to your left or your right. They're on every corner here in town. They got 64 locations. I go to the SG bar right at the top of 215 in Flamingo, and I'm sure they have a vibrant crowd. So this is huge. They have a probability. Ooh, I hate this. Ooh, I hate this, Damon. They have a 61% probability to win this game. So that means there are analytic geeks sitting in ESPN in the back, back, back room, analytic geeks who are telling you the probability is 61% here after what's happening now. Whatever. I just want them to win the game. If they win the game, I think Rich Eisen show just said they play the Netherlands on Saturday. Oh, that's a good drinking opportunity for a bucket of Modelo's. Oh, let me get Modelo. See how I get all my partners into the show? That's an opportunity for my buddy Steve Gomez and all the guys who are listening like Cisco to get many buckets of Modelo and go watch that game coming up here. But I don't want to put the Modelo jinx on this. I just want them to win the game. All right. So I just get off the phone, name drop alert with Fred Bolitnikov, who, again, I told you early in the week and last week that Freddie told me, just get to the Charger game. Get to the Charger game and see what happens, and that's where we're at. I'd kind of like this show today still to be a Josh Jacobs show about the performance and what he did up in Seattle. I hosted Raiders Roundtable today with Q Myers and Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, That will air later today on YouTube and the Raiders Podcasting Network, and we play it on Friday because I think it's really good content and the time for me to talk to Lincoln and play that on the radio. And uh, let me just get the Chargers out of the way for a minute. Here's how I see this game. It's improbable for the Raiders to make the playoffs. That's why I don't talk playoffs with a team with only four wins. It's imp- imp- they can make the playoffs. They got to run the table. Or 9-8 and eight with chaos might get them in. But what they can do is they could beat the Chargers in this game. And if the Chargers go to 6-6, six and six, I think that'll eliminate the Chargers. I do. I don't think the Chargers can run the table. I don't think the Chargers can get to 10 wins if the Raiders beat them here. Does that, does that make sense to everybody here that we eliminated the Chargers last year in one of the greatest games, a Mount Rushmore game in the history of this league, no debate, when it came to that great game to end the season. Chargers were eliminated because Boy Blunder went for it on 4th and 18. Remember that guy? Well, he's coming in again, and he's going to go for it on 4th and 5, 4th and 4, 4th and 2. So Justin Herbert's going to have several plays, I think 2 to 3 at least, where he's going to have four downs to get 10 yards because that's what they're going to do. Now, they won't do it if they're on their own 20 unless it's the end of the game, but they'll do it if they're at the 50 or the 45. They'll do it. So the Raiders have to prepare for that. They have to prepare to rush Justin Herbert for four downs because he'll go for it on fourth down. In this rivalry, a lot of times Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, one of them doesn't play. They're always hurt. They are. They're always hurt. And then Derwin James on the back end, he's been hurt a lot in this rivalry. So depending on the injury report as I see it this week, if two out of three of those guys are playing or three of three are playing but two are banged up, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, they're good. They're good. And we knew they were good. You know, I like to keep the Chargers down, but they're good. And they're going to start winning eventually. It's very dramatic for the Chargers. Every game they win is wild. I mean, they win. They fumble a ball at Atlanta, and then Atlanta fumbles the ball, and they get it back. On one play, and you're going, really? They win another game with three kicks with a kicker who's got a hamstring issue. They win that game. They win these games that are improbable, and they come from behind and win, and they just won their last game 
against Arizona going for two. Holy cow. Why didn't you play for overtime? Play for overtime and go go see with Justin Herbert. No, they decided to win the game, and they did. Wouldn't it be nice to have overtime again with Arizona after being up 20 nothing? Raiders lose to Arizona, Chargers win. And I'll look at the common opponents later on in the week. But the Chargers now are sitting at 6-5. and five. I think a loss takes them to six losses. I don't think you can get into the playoffs if you have seven or eight losses. So, again, big picture for me. Go win the game. Go win the game. But if you beat the Chargers, then the Chargers go back and they're under pressure. They almost have to run the table to get in. This game is a playoff game, everybody. Because we're probably not going to see the playoffs if we do. The Raiders are going to need a football miracle. I think it could happen. But I don't talk playoffs here. But I'll bend the rule for a second. This is a playoff game. This might be your only playoff game this year. So look at it that way and treat it that way as you come into Allegiant Stadium. They're underway. They're underway in the second half. As the United States leads 1-0 over Iran. I'm obviously going to keep an eye on that game. Here's how the goal sounded when Pulisic scored. I wanted the Univision call because I love this guy when he's when he calls a goal. Otra vez Tyler. Para Walter McKinney se mete Serginho. Vino para Serginho des. El toque en medio posición. How great is that on Univision? See the best. Fantastic. United States just got a great shot on goal that was stopped here. So again, 47th minute, United States pressing on the attack, which is good to see here. And they need a goal, and hopefully we're live on the air. When we get it here, the United States can go up 2-0 and maybe have a little bit of breathing room in this game. So what is our call to action today? As I always say here, as we got to wake some people up on the phones, we got two-game winning streak, two games in overtime. I think Raider fans should be excited about who's available, who could be coming off injured reserve quickly, and what the Raiders need to do to keep this momentum going. The Charger game is the perfect time for this game right now because I think we're going to really know who the Raiders are now. The Raiders have had two really emotional wins. They have momentum, which they need to beat the Chargers. They lost to the Chargers earlier this year in a game where they did not show up early in the game, and they showed up later in the game and had the ball, one of those six games where they had the ball in a one-possession game and they weren't able to win. So I want to spend time on Josh Jacobs for a portion of the show. Maybe we can get a call from you on Josh and the Chargers as we are previewing the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a Raider home game. 
think about this. The Raiders play at home, and then they play at home in L.A. against the Rams. Here's the window, everybody. Here it is. Here it is. We got the Chargers and the Rams, both L.A. teams, back-to-back, and the Rams aren't playing well. But the Ram game doesn't mean much today if if they are not able to come through in a big way and take out the Chargers and make the Rams game. Can you imagine what L.A. will be like at SoFi Stadium? Rams lose and go to 3-9, and nine, the Raiders win, and the Raiders have an opportunity to go out and win this upcoming game against the Rams. Can you, can you imagine how many Ram fans will sell their tickets to the Raider Nation? It might be the largest Raider crowd in L.A. history in a non-Raider home game. It has a chance to be that only if the Silver and Black are able to beat the Chargers at home. Let's get people fired up for that game, 702-365-9200 as we open up the show here. I love the fact that Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs are hugging the coach. Josh McDaniels hugging him in the postgame. Everybody seems to be really tight in that locker room. Mad Max Crosby, another topic today. Can you win the defensive player of the year if you're on a sub-500 team? Sure. Andre Dawson won the MVP with the Cubs on a last-place team. It's an individual award. Individual awards. Now, everybody likes to say, well, he's on a winning team. Who cares? It's it's an individual award. The whole team doesn't get the trophy. It's for Mad Max. I think the push needs to be for Mad Max now with the schedule on the back end now to keep playing at this level and potentially be the defensive player of the year. They're not giving it to J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt, I can promise you this year. Derwin James isn't getting it. Mad Max is a front runner, and I love the way he's playing now. I love the way that Max is leading this team at a very high level. And we'll talk about what he's doing with Benjamin Brown, who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour from Pro Football Focus. What Max is doing in regards to this double team and the triple team, which is really interesting. The other breaking news today is some of Deshaun Watson's accusers in his case that is resolved criminally. I mean, Deshaun Watson's not going to jail. But with all the lawsuits he settled, several of the women are going cont- uh, to attend, attend this football game. How about that? With nearly all of more than two dozen lawsuits filed against him being settled, most of the women who accused the Cleveland quarterback of sexual misconduct, have no interest to return to Houston. But Tony Busby, the attorney on the other side, representing the women, said that about 10 of the women who accused Watson of sexual harassment and assault during those massage sessions planned to attend the game at Houston. Ooh, that's a big story. Is it going to be covered? Anybody going to talk about this, or are we going to brush it under the rug? Wow. Some of the women really want to attend the game, quote, to kind of make the statement, hey, we're still here. We matter. Our voice was heard, and this is not something that's over. Sexual harassment and assault happen every day in the United States. That comes in from Tony Busby. So that's really bizarre to me that he's been gone and he comes back to Houston to play his first game. I mean, that's really bizarre with the schedule makers and what's happening here. But that is a trending story as we open up the show here. Last night, I mean, raise your hand and beep your horn if you're a Raider fan and kicking yourself about losing to Indianapolis. Still, that that haunts me, that game. Jeff Saturday's only win. So yesterday, last night on Monday Night Football, Matt Ryan got the ball with an opportunity to tie the game with three timeouts with under a minute to go, and they, they didn't use them. 
And I'm sitting here screaming on my other show, looking at the TV going, is my TV whacked? Am I behind? Does, is there like five minutes left? But the TV's telling me a minute? And what happened is Matt Ryan didn't use his timeouts. And on a second down, he ran for a first down for 13 yards because he had third and 15, and he dove in front of the first down marker. He could have ran and put his head down and got a first down. He didn't do it. Then on the next play, on third and three, they lined up. Maybe the best running back in the league when healthy, Josh Jacobs is there, Jonathan Daler. They lined him up six yards deep to get three yards. So it's third and three. They line him up six yards in the backfield, so that's really third and nine. He gets stuffed for no gain. And then they used their first time out, and they got two left. And on fourth down, Matt Ryan throws a really weak pass to the sidelines, and the game's over. So Jeff Saturday, who beat the Raiders, is getting hit hard today for that loss because he didn't know what he was doing, didn't know how to manage the clock. But he ended up beating the Raiders because Matt Ryan in that game ran for 30 yards on one play. And kind of iced the game. Still 1-0, the United States against Iran. United States pressing inside the box, trying to make a pass. Iran gets it, and they are pushing the other way. A couple of other stories in the AFC West, as we talked about today on Raiders Roundtable. Kansas City has won the division. They've run away and hide. Patrick Mahomes, again, is playing for the number one seed. Overall, I think that is a big topic, as the Raiders and Chargers are competing for second place. Also in Denver today, I got a friend of mine who's a good Denver friend, and he called me and told me, you hear what's going on here? I go, I think I know what you're going to say. Denver is destroying Russell Wilson for having more bathrooms in his mansion than touchdowns. He has seven touchdowns and 12 bathrooms, and they're leading this story on the news. They're leading the story on the news. So Russell Wilson is in a really bad place now. I think Nathaniel Hackett will be fired by the end of the year. Because the new ownership, I don't think, wants to keep them around. So that's your AFC West roundup as we're waiting for another goal to be scored here in the game. Let's start it off with Hardcore Raider as he kicks it off today on the Raider flagship. Hey, JT. Hope uh, hope you're doing good. Hey, yeah. I just want to say something real quick about uh, you know the Seahawks. I want to congratulate them on taking the 12th man to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. You know, never thought I'd see uh, something like that, but... And then uh, the other thing, you know, just uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, I want to congratulate him for becoming a Raider finally, you know. He got asked about that call, and I think he finally gets what it means to be a Raider. So mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to finally understanding what we've been through as Raider Nation. Now he can coach like a, a Raider coach, and I think he has been. So I just want to give a huge shout-out to our coach, and I think he gets it. And he's mm-hmm. going to get it, and we're going to get this thing turned around. So, Thanks. appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you calling on that. I got open phone lines here. No one on hold to congratulate Josh McDaniels today for winning back-to-back games. Proving once again, proving once again I could be a professional in sports talk radio. Proving once again that people don't call in to congratulate people when they deserve it, but they sure line up to bash them when they're down. And that's never going to change, so I'm not going to change that. It's just something that at least I bring up. And one other point I want to bring up, and this is very important, DeMond, so roll on this so it's not taken out of context. I think the UNLV football program, and I don't know the new AD. I met him once. I wish him well. I, I want, If you know me, I've been living here since 1996. I moved to Vegas, okay, for my first job ever in radio. And I watched UNLV football basically be a joke the whole time I've been here. The head coach of Bishop Gorman, Tony Sanchez, got the job. I knew him. I got behind him. 
He couldn't win enough games, even though he won the cannon a couple of times. He was let go. Marcus Arroyo came to town, and I met him a few times and then got to know him, sat with him at a couple of events, met his wife. See, that's what I do on the radio. I meet people's wives and kids, and I don't judge them for their sports. I judge them as being human beings. And then if they win or lose, then we have to talk about them winning or losing. Marcus Arroyo is a good guy. So today I'm scratching my head as people in this vibrant sports community are now sounding like idiots. And again, I can only be quiet for so long and before I have to volcano out like JT can. You do not accept the bid to play in a bowl game at 5-7. and seven. You don't deserve to play in a bowl game. You don't deserve a waiver. You don't deserve another team going through something and letting you in. You don't deserve to play in a bowl game if you're UNLV football. And they're going to hire a new coach, and I'll interview him, and I'll wish that guy well. And I like the new AD. He's got hard decisions to make. I understand it. How dare you in this town think that this football team should be playing in a bowl game after they just embarrassed the coach by firing him as his players were in the quad painting the cannon red? Okay, the kids, the student-athletes, and they're grown-ass men, they're there taking the paintbrushes, painting it red, painting it red, happy, and all of a sudden, Chris Matthews and all the other people in the media who are out there are covering them the way they do in a great way, saying, by the way, how do you feel about your coach getting fired? And these kids and grown-ass men are sitting there going, I owe everything to that coach. He recruited me. He coached me. He coached me through COVID. And they're they're talking about it. So they decide to fire Marcus Arroyo. And they do it in embarrassing fashion, in my opinion. In embarrassing fashion the way they did it. And then there are people debating if they should play in a bowl game? So let's break that down for a bleeping minute. What bowl game? Some weed eater bowl? Some what, what bowl game, chicken or poultry bowl, are you going to go and play in with a team that's going to have players that want to go in the portal, players that don't want to play for the interim head coach, players who don't care about getting a toy or a trinket or a little crystal ball saying they played in the bowl game and then go get your ass embarrassed because everybody in that bowl game in that city are like, I'm not going to watch UNLV play football. Why would I watch UNLV? They don't deserve to be in a bowl game, but we're rooting for a waiver? For them to get in and looking at New Mexico and saying this, or academically we might get a waiver to play in a bowl game, you wonder why this market was desperate for good radio for so long, desperate for, 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 for professional sports with Bill Foley and the Golden Knights and Mark Davis opening up the corridor for the NFL here. And I got to sit around listening and hearing people talk about UNLV in a bowl game? What? What bowl game? I'll sponsor it. I'll sponsor it, and you can play it in Summerlin in the park right in front of my house. I'll set up the cones. I'll bring the fruit. I'll bring the breakfast. I'll get it catered by all my proud partners here. I'll have Grimaldi's for everybody. Everybody free Grimaldi's on JT the Brick. And we can play the UNLV football bowl game in front of my house at the Gardens Park where I walk my dog every morning, and there's a plenty of space to play in a bowl game you got to be freaking kidding me. Who are these people? Have they ever seen a football game? Have they ever known what winning is? So let's, let's rally around Kumbaya and fire the coach while the kids are painting the cannon and go into the portal and say, you know what, I hope we play in a bowl game. You know why? Because you don't know what winning is. 
You don't understand winning. You don't know what winning is at the global era. We got a team here trying to win a Stanley Cup that played in the Stanley Cup final. We got a professional football team that has won three Super Bowls and played in five in the biggest games ever played in the history of the NFL with the greatest players. And we want UNLV with five wins to play in a bowl game. We have lost our collective minds in this town if you buy into that. Give the kids whatever they want. Send them on a trip. Give them a free dinner at the top of Mandalay Bay. Thank them for being great student-athletes, great student-athletes, representing the program well, and tell them no bowl game for you. You got shellacked in Hawaii, and you've lost all those other games that you weren't even in, and when you lost your coach because of this, who I like, you're not playing in a bowl game. Teach these young men how to be men, and tell them we do not have second place, let alone 80th place trophies. We don't get a trophy for coming in 77th. UNLV bowl game. Got to be kidding me. That's the monologue brought to you by my great friends as we open up the show from Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. Head out to the restaurants. Head on out to Skybox to watch the game. I'll be there Friday watching a game. USC, Utah. That's a game. Thank God Allegiant Stadium was built for that. I'm excited UNLV won the cannon. No bowl game. None of these waivers. No notes from your mom that you want to play in a bowl game. You don't deserve it. JT, right here on the flagship of the Raiders. JT, welcome back here. Keeping an eye on USA, Iran. 1-0. United States is leaving, uh, leading England up 3-0 on Wales. So England is through, as they say, in England. And the winner of this game, or a draw, would put Iran in the group, out of the group with England, and the United States would be eliminated. So this is where it gets dicey. We're in the 66th minute. 66 minutes into 90, plus stoppage time. And the United States has got to keep pressing. they got to find a way to score another goal here to put this game away. Another goal, I think, would be enough. It should be enough to play with a two-goal advantage. A one-goal advantage is going to take us right down to the wire. 702-365-9200. Benjamin Brown will join us in a moment. Raider Jay, thanks for waiting through the break. You're up next. Go ahead. JT, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Nice to talk to you again. You too. Hey, man, I'm all about celebrating JJ. Uh, matter of fact, in fact, Jay, Raider Jay Monterey is short for JJ, so we love us some J names. My boy who you met at, that, uh, at the Cardinal game. Uh, is a JJ as well. Hey man, we got to keep this guy. We got to keep this guy. The running game is looking so right right now, um, and it looks like the the plan uh, is in effect. Uh, Josh uh, McDaniels and um, Ziegler they got thirteen picks. Mm-hmm. They got a vision. They got a plan. Um, I'm all about it, man. Resign JJ. Do what it takes. We'll have the baddest running game to support the. You know, again, we don't want to call it a rebuild, but we're gonna have a whole bunch of talent coming in, and. You know, hey, Grimaldi's all around. Happy holidays to the nation. Again, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you checking in here. Thank you so much. When it comes to him getting paid, again, different show here when it comes to me. I don't talk about money. That's Dave Ziegler and Mark Davis's issue and the coach. I think that Josh Jacobs has checked every box. Every box in regards to getting a contract extension. If he doesn't get it here, he will easily get it somewhere else. It has to do with the money, but we're all on the same page with Josh. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. 
Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus, kind enough to join us. Always a compelling conversation. Ben, I want to start off. I see something happening with Aaron Rodgers, and I think it's going to kind of end ugly here with Jordan Love. As Jordan Love came in and mop up duty and looked okay, and Rodgers is actually injured, and eventually the Packers are going to want to see Love play more. How do you see this playing out? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. It is going to be interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers actually handles, you know, any sort of demotion. It sounds like he is very much, you know, kind of pressing to play, especially this week against, weekend against the Chicago Bears team that, you know, he's, he's said in the past that he owns, and I think that he kind of views as maybe a get-right spot for him. But I think long-term, from, you know, the Packers' perspective, they very much need to figure out what they're going to do with Jordan Love, you know, and the quarterback position. I think both guys, you know, probably are going to have some – some level of trade value uh, in the offseason, obviously Aaron Rodgers for, you know, where he has been at, you know, is going to have a pretty robust market. But I also think, you know, if we see something from Jordan Love and definitely flash that, you know, uh, in the week 12 game, I think that that is also, you know, a really compelling uh, area to explore, maybe not from a trade perspective, but an understanding, you know, what you have kind of with this young wide receiver unit moving forward post-Aaron Rodgers era. So I very much think it's prudent on them to, you know, uh, move forward with Jordan Love sooner rather than later. I'm not quite sure how Aaron Rodgers is going to handle it, but I do think from, you know, a team-building perspective, it's absolutely the correct decision from the Green Bay Packers' perspective. Benjamin Brown's our guest. Give me a scenario where Rodgers could be traded for the size of his contract, with the option, with where he's at around the league in general, because there's a lot of coaches that would want to trade for them if they had a team outside the playoffs or a team in the playoffs that couldn't win a game. What's that scenario look like? Yeah, I very much think, you know, we can probably see him, you know, work the contract a little bit to the point where it could work for uh, a number of teams. I think specifically uh, the rumors are going to be fast and furious for a team like the New York Jets, who, you know, are very good, very young, have a lot of guys on rookie deals who are contributing right away. And I think that that, you know, is one reason why, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets could be, you know, a pretty viable candidate. Um, it looks like, you know, he, he his contract – uh, you know, fully guaranteed through 2023, basically, or has, you know, some level of guaranteed, uh, you know, commanding a cap hit through 2026. So I do think a restructure is probably going to need to happen if he does, you know, end up getting traded. But uh, I think there are, you know, a few teams around the league with good young core nucleuses who don't have, you know, the quarterback position uh, figured out whatsoever. And I think if, you know, the Jets kind of want to, you know, emerge at the next level here, uh, you know, bringing in a veteran guy like Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think could very much allow him to do that. So I think Rodgers to the Jets is probably the most likely, you know, scenario. If he does end up getting traded, there are maybe a few other candidates as well, but uh, we could see, you know, another, I would say almost quarterback uh, type carousel, kind of like we happened had kind of like what happened in 2021 uh, happened once again this offseason. Benjamin Brown's our guest at PFF underscore Ben Brown. So let's stay with the Jets for a second and Zach Wilson. I think it's too early to throw in the towel for the number two pick overall, who hasn't even gotten to his extension portion of his contract there. Would would there be value in a trade if the Jets go in a different direction? And the Jets aren't going to build around Mike White, but as you mentioned, a potential trade for a marquee quarterback makes sense there. I just like Zach Wilson having another opportunity there, but I don't know if he's run out of time with the Jets. Yeah, I think, and I think that was maybe a little bit overstated with his, you know, benching. I think that, you know, in some ways, Robert Sala is a guy that wants to see a little bit of resolve, right? A guy maybe, you know, develop a little bit of a chip on his shoulder that it kind of is, you know, him against the world in a lot of scenarios and maybe try to win back, uh, you know, the locker room overall uh, in the latter half of the season. And I think that, you know, if Zach Wilson can do that, 
he will very much still have, you know, a, a life potentially in 2023 to win, you know, the starting quarterback job for the New York Jets, if, it, it, depending on who they kind of bring in. But I still think he's very much going to be uh, live to kind of uh, at least be in a quarterback battle heading into training camp. And I, and I don't think the jury is completely out on him, right? We have seen, you know, some of these guys, high draft picks, you know, uh, you know, a, a guy, I'm not saying that this is going to be Zach Wilson's career arc or anything, but, you know, a guy like Geno Smith comes to mind, number two overall pick drafted by the Jets, never really had any success, was written off a lot, and, and kind of had to remake his image as a backup quarterback. And when he got the opportunity last year, I think he showed enough confidence in order for the CLCX to maybe go uh, in some ways all in on him again here in 2022. And now he's looking at, you know, a, another contract extension. So the, the, the complete writing off of, you know, quarterbacks, especially highly drafted quarterbacks, uh, you know, it, it is something that people kind of want to disregard really quickly, but uh, there has been paths to them, you know, finding some relevancy and finding some, you know, success later on in the careers, even if it is a rough, rough start to it. But, I'm with you on that. I don't think that, you know, the jury is completely out on Zach Wilson even being successful, you know, for the New York Jets. But uh, it's very much going to have to be something where he has to, uh, you know, kind of win back the locker room before uh, I think he can make any significant and positive strides uh, in that direction. Ben Brown's our guest as we wrap it up. So we're talking about contracts, players, a couple who aren't playing well. Rodgers is injured but can play through it. We talked about Zach Wilson. What do you think of Josh Jacobs, or I am in Vegas, with the year he's having and the performance he just had in Seattle was incredible. That was one of the all-time performances in the history of this league for a running back in the regular season, and he's playing as hard as any player in the NFL. Right. I mean, and it has been really impressive. I know there was, you know, a lot of talk about him splitting carries, getting, you know, a, a lot of run even in, uh, you know, the preseason games and what his role was actually going to be. But he is, you know, the, the performance that he had on Sunday is, is very much, you know, I would say uh, among the best offensive performances that we've seen from a skill position player. Like the only other guy from a running back position has kind of been, you know, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, when he went for 296 rushing yards, uh, and then kind of Priest Holmes, they're the only mm-hmm. two running backs that have gotten over 300 scrimmage yards. And I think that you know that speaks to uh, you know some dynamic ability from Josh Jacobs has very much, I would say, you know, carried the offensive load for the Las Vegas Raiders. And if they can continue to get that week in and week out, you know, they, they should be able to get enough from the other skill position players, especially if they ever do get Darren Waller back and kind of figure out how to utilize Devontae Adams where, you know, the, the pieces are at least in place for why people were optimistic about their long-term outlook. And even if it's, you know, not going to happen this year, uh, I still think there maybe is a case to be made uh, to run it back again here in 2023. Who's the better team? The Eagles, the 49ers, the Bills, or Kansas City? I think it's still the Chiefs. I think, we, you know, Patrick Mahomes, very much, I would say, is 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 the best of the best at the quarterback position. And with him, you know, within, you know, a touchdown differential at the end of the game, there's nobody else I'd want to have, you know, with the ball in his hands. And if it comes down to that, I have, you know, the utmost confidence in him, even with a little bit of a banged-up, you know, wide receiver unit. As long as Travis Kelce is in the fold, uh, I think it's the Chiefs. Uh, and then I think it's kind of everybody else after them. So give me, give me Patrick Mahomes, MVP, uh, everything else. I do think the Chiefs are going to be there, you know, when it's all said and done here, uh, kind of hoisting that Lombardi trophy, I think. I don't know why I didn't mention the Dolphins. I don't know what more I need to see from the Dolphins at 8-3 and three and what they've done 6-2 and two in the conference this year. I keep paying attention to Buffalo, but the Dolphins have won five in a row, and the other team that's won five in a row is Kansas City. 
Yep. And, and the thing is, like, you know, if we talk about passing offenses and those sorts of things and quarterback play being down overall, there really are only a handful of good passing offenses teams every single week. And the Miami Dolphins are very much there. Tua Tagovailoa, you know, number one PFF graded quarterback. Uh, so maybe, you know, the one thing you kind of want to see a little bit is maybe, you know, some defensive play, I think, specifically in their secondary, still pretty banged up. They are getting guys like Xavier Howard back. Uh, in the folds from his groin injury. Uh, they do have, I would say, you know, I, I think like the third most difficult remaining stretch of schedule, but uh, I think they're going to be there when it's all said and done come playoff time. And I think that they kind of have a case, you know, in, in a lot of ways to be, uh, you know, if not on par with the Buffalo Bills, I would say very much, you know, maybe even ahead of them right now, given the current state, uh, you know, of the Bills injury situation. So I'm buying the Dolphins as well. Uh, I do think they are maybe just like a, a small step below uh, where the Kansas City Chiefs are at right now in the AFC. Ben, thanks for your time as always. Always appreciate your insight. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, JT. Have a great show. You got it. Benjamin Brown at PFF underscore Ben Brown. We're starting to talk now about overall one seed. Overall seedings, Eagles are at 10-1, and one. Kansas City and the Vikings at 9-2, and two. Dolphins at 83, along with the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys. Here are your seven-win teams, seven wins, which I think means you're probably going to be in the playoffs. Our seven-win teams are the Titans, the Niners, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. Ooh, Commanders are playing better than the Giants and the Jets. Baltimore's got to be careful here at seven and four. And the Niners, the Niners are seven and four, and they look to me to be like a nine win team. I think the Niners are as good as a nine or ten win team. If I had to pick between the Niners and the Eagles right now, I'd take the Niners. But the problem is that game would be played in Philly in front of those lunatics. And that's a tough place to play for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'd, I'd have Jimmy Garoppolo go up against Jalen Hurts all day long and make good decisions. The Niners are a lot like the Chargers. Always hurt, always injured. Two of their three running backs are hurt at this point in time. All right, let's get an update here. USA 1, Iran nil. So I got some time. Uh, Next hour, we have Paul Gutierrez. Also, we're going to talk to Levi Edwards, who's going to join us here in a little bit. And we got a pretty big show, Tank Williams, former safety in the NFL. So busy show, but I got time to get you up right now. I think a lot of people are watching the soccer game all over the world. Ten times more people are watching the World Cup than our Super Bowl. Not two times. Not not three times our 140 million. Ten times the amount. It's the biggest event in the world, and it's getting to that point. I'd be a little nervous now. We're getting to the 80th minute. The United States needs to win. All Iran needs is a goal to tie it up. And if they get a goal, believe me, they're going to play defense the rest of the way. So here we go. Probably about 15 minutes if you include stoppage time, and you'll hear it live right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip. JT back with you, brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Quantro invites you to enchant at Resorts World for a spectacular Christmas light maze, ice skating, Santa, and the Remy Bungalow for 1738 Mount Gay Rum and Botanist Gin Holiday Cocktails. Get more at EnchantedChristmas.com. That's EnchantedChristmas.com. USA 1, Iran nil, 85th minute. All right, boys, guys in studio with me. Here we go. Here we go. Now do you play defense and play to win 1-0? 
or do you still push it? That's the decision that has to be made. Any mistake by the United States at this point can cost them the World Cup. Do you sit back and win 1-0, or do you still play and push? We're getting to the point now where I think it's pretty much defense and making sure no one gets beat. We'll see how this plays out. Wow. This is exciting here. I expected a 2-1 game. I thought the United States would score more than one, and maybe they will because Iran's taking a lot of chances. They are bringing it all right now to the United States, and they are the aggressor as we speak. Raider Jay in the Bay on Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. My brother, long time no talk, man. It's been since week, week three uh, when I was in California. My mm-hmm. lunchtime coincide with you know your show. So now I'm two hours ahead out here in Wisconsin with mom. But it's all good. I listen to you every day. Thank and you. I heard you yesterday. Yes, sir. Heard you yesterday with Fu and uh, you uh, since 98. Well, that's the first time I called you, man. And uh, I'm you. 50 wow. years old now. I think I was 21 or whatever I was when we, we first talked. But uh, we have still yet to meet. Our paths have not cra- crossed, but mm-hmm. it will someday. I was at the torch. I go to the games in Vegas. So my next game I'm going to go to, brother. Yeah, just come to the torch and just see us at the torch on the pregame show. you got to get there by, you know, between 11 a.m. and 12.30, Eric Allen and myself. Plus, we have all these alumni who are coming this week to the game. So let us know the next home game you're coming to. Oh, absolutely. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Niner game and the Raider game. So uh, a lot of my best friends are Niner fans, so, you know, I'm getting it from them. But just to uh, touch on last week, I mean, we need a song, JJ, which is my name, nickname, mm-hmm. Raider J, but my name, I've been called JJ my whole life. We need to sign Josh today, tomorrow. I don't mm-hmm. care. Get it done. I know he's playing for a contract year, and then after they, they get their contract, they get fat. That's what we're talking about, Chandler. Chandler showed up in that Seattle game, and you know, Max, he's bringing it every game. So I would just, you know ecstatic happy you know last time i seen that when we went to denver i don't know if you remember this well i know you remember this Derek mcfadden we threw like a 59 burger in mm-hmm. denver yes. in mile high and then i was there with bo jackson you know i was there through thick and thin the raiders you know i'm a fan of 72 they call me the immaculate conception i was the mom of my mom's belly the raiders played him in january i was born on Valentine's we're getting, we're getting a bio on raider jay in the bay where he was born where he's been i'm loving this so give me the key to the win against the chargers i'm on to the chargers need a w at the torch give me the reason okay here we go defense showed out even though we gave him a lot of points but you've seen the difference graham with a little more blitzes in there crosby's gonna be crosby the key is I always say we got to score 30 points with this team, yes. with our defense. Let's be real. But guess what? They didn't uh, run Josh those couple of weeks, and guess what? We lost. Guess what? Keep okay. the same formula. Run Josh. Get to Herbert. Like you, I've seen him, too. That guy's good, man. All right, my friend, we will. we got to wrap up the calls. Remember, beginning, middle, and end to your phone calls. Beginning, high energy. Not high, JT. How you doing? Don't worry about me. I'm here. Middle of the phone call, your best. The meat of your phone call. And then at the end, just don't say I'm out. Say goodbye to us, and we'll talk to you again. So I appreciate it, Raider J in the Bay. You're fired up. USA 1, Iran nil. 88th minute. Oh, oh, do we have to go and stop at the top of the hour? This is going to be wild here. So here's what's happening. Iran is playing with pure desperation. Uh, They don't have anybody back on defense. Uh, They're going to try to get the ball in and bring everybody in there. The United States, are we guessing how much stoppage time is going to be left, guys? Uh, Ooh, we get an eight. Eight, okay. So I'd go about six 
but maybe eight. Because, you know, again, there hasn't been a goal here in the second half, but there's been some injuries and some time with both teams of players on the ground. A lot of flopping by Iran in this game. I guess it's I guess it's legal to trip in Iran, too. Is that true? There's a lot of tripping going on in this game. United States gets it in, gets it into their zone, and now Iran gets it out, and Iran, now the United States is playing defense. They got a little bit of a push going now as the United States is dribbling across midfield now and has it. They turn it over to Iran. Here comes Iran! And the United States, the goalie will get it and be able to secure the ball here. Doesn't use his hands. Now he picks it up, throws it out to the side. We'll keep an eye on the end of this game. Got to get Mitch in New Jersey if he's still there. Mitch, go ahead. Give me the key to the Charger victory. How's it going, JT? Good, uh, Mitch. I say they have a lot of injuries on offense. They have a good quarterback. So uh, defense line has to come to play. Is there any reason why they can't sign Josh Jacobs right now? I think he's earned it. Yeah, we, we one all thing do. In the Heisman. I don't know if you have a vote on the Heisman, but Caleb Williams lock it up. With, uh, yes, he did. Th- thanks for the call, Mitch. Appreciate it. Yeah, I did. Caleb Williams locked it up. And that's why I'm going to see Caleb Williams Friday night. That is the number one reason I'm going to that game. Because my son goes to Oklahoma and was still pissed off that Lincoln Riley left in the darkness of night and really screwed over Oklahoma. Did. But I want to go see Caleb Williams play. I saw his first ever game when he quarterbacked at OU, and I want to see his last game. won't be his last game at SC because he'll come back next year, but it'll be his last game before the Heisman unless they get beat. 702-365-9200. All right, here we go. It's the 90th minute. Uh, how much? We got plus nine stoppage time. Good time for me to get out and come back. When we get back, we'll get you to the end of this game as we continue. Uh, Levi's going to join us, Levi Edwards, in a little bit. Paul Gutierrez next hour and former NFL safety Tank Williams. Is supposed to come in after what happened on that Monday night game with the clock management. Bad clock management. USA Soccer up 1-0. They cannot make a mistake. Iran on the offensive here. Nine minutes in stoppage time. There's about eight minutes left on Fox. JT right here on Raider Nation Radio.